welcome back to the Medium Roast, where everything is always broken and nothing works and nobody shows up. Um, I'm Tom. With me here, Will. Hello. With uh, Not with us here. Uh, not with us in general, because he's dead. Mr. Chris Fago. Mr. Um, Christophilus Fagopoulos. Indeed. The very same. Um, so, okay, Will, I've got some good news for you, actually. Which oh, okay. That what is that? So after spending about 20 minutes trying to figure out why Minicam wouldn't just show our logo, I started the live stream with it still showing nothing but white noise, and now our logo is there. So I've learned nothing, but uh, hey. here's our problem has been fixed. So I don't know. Great. I don't, I don't know well, what I to have a, I'm just I have mad. a problem on my end, though. I have a <laughs> smoke, smoke detector that has a faulty battery and just won't come out of the ceiling i have no idea why yeah, it seems so, to be glued there so I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to get our webcam to work and in the background every i could tell how long it was taking because every minute or so i'd hear this beep. and so i, I asked well hey is there a smoke and you apparently have been living with this for long enough that it's not bothering you that every minute there's the loud beep going off well yeah it's just a uh, white noise to me at this point how um <laughs> it's it's designed it's like a it's like how babies crying is genetically designed to bother us so we do something about it and help you know and you just it's true it has has been quite irksome how do you get used to that. a smoke alarm i've never heard of this i get annoyed just at the thought like i wake up sometimes like i feel like in my dreams i think i heard it and i get up and i'm annoyed already well, yeah, I, uh, I, I, initially when I, I got back, I was, you know, oh my God, what's, what the heck is that noise? And then, you know, I, I just sort of fell asleep, um, when I got back cause I was so tired. And then I guess, you know, having slept through it, it just sort of buried its way into my subconscious and it's just been living there. Uh, so I think it's just, you know, it's a part of just a part of the natural ecosystem of noises at my house you know are you are you, are you got you the going... air conditioning on you got the little thing chirping you got the coffee machine in the morning it's just how it goes well you got some kind of like 1970s sci-fi computer that's making all kinds of beeps and boops so it just fits <laughs> yeah. in humming noise i got hospital machinery yeah. you know yeah i got that... a couple things beeping over there are, is your old lady deaf these days what's going on well, we both need our hearing aids uh, checked. We we weren't able to do that abroad because, um, you know, apparently the Republic of Georgia doesn't have any certified, you know, ear, nose, and throat doctors now, that, that I know of. Probably not uh, not a good thing considering the amount of carcinogens in the air from uh, burning plastic, as I understand. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, a real threat to everyday life there. Um, I Actually, um, I posted about it on some some Georgian subreddit, right? So these are people who are, you know, pretty tech savvy. Like they understand the world. They're, they're on Reddit. They've seen some stuff. And uh, and I, I said, you know, I kind of reached out. I was like, hey, is this uh, burning plastic thing normal? You know, like, do people just do that here? Or is that like a, you know, you guys are seeing this too? Like this old lady's crazy. But, you know, they, they said, oh no, like everybody, everybody basically has the attitude that if it burns, uh, we burn it. And, um, you know, that, that includes like just burning plastic to keep the kids warm in, in a school. And, you know, like they don't really discriminate. They just burn the plastic everywhere, Tom. Well, that's one way to do it, I suppose. Um, I guess the, uh, the, the, um, I don't know, the chemical uh, reaction or explosion rather would kind of keep you warm enough. You know, there's quite a lot of pops and hisses that come, that come off of that. 
This reminds me, so I, I was reading a news article this week that said the ocean is acidifying at such alarming rates that it's dissolving the shells of certain baby crabs. And wow. that's just so disgusting and sad. And I go into it the is. comments and about 70% of the comments are, they'll evolve to have stronger shells. And, uh, <laughs> that's not how it works. Like, yeah, is it? <laughs> I mean, maybe after enough time, but... Uh, yeah, hundreds of years, I think. I'm um, first off, I'd say the people commenting that are the ones who a don't really believe in evolution um, or global warming, anyway. Yeah. B, it does seem to be a weirdly optimistic reaction. It's not like, well, how can we help them? It's like, yeah, they'll be tough. Yeah. they'll be tougher now. They'll uh, be fine. <laughs> and so I, I wonder if you know. I guess I was thinking maybe that's the same reaction they'd have to the Georgian, the children in the Georgian schools breathing in plastic, you know, burning plastic fumes. You know, it's like their lungs will yeah. be tougher now. <laughs> yeah, I believe that's probably the case. I believe, honestly, they, they what they don't see coming at them as a direct threat is uh, is not, you know, life endangering or, or killing, you know. Right. Like for example, you know, you don't you don't need to wash your hands before preparing that food. Uh, you know, it doesn't really, you know. My hands aren't dirty. I can't see, like, you know, dirt or visible filth on them. So they're probably clean, you know? They look clean. All right, real talk. Question for you. It's on that yeah. topic. How many... T so our, our dear friend Chris is a manager at a Star Trek-themed taco restaurant. Was, you know, rest in peace. Oh, before he died, yeah. Okay, but of the many days he worked, which I think was usually about five or six days a week, maybe seven even, how many times do you think he washed his hands? Hopefully, after every time he blew his nose or, you know, sneezed yeah, or whatever. I know, I know, I know. Hopefully, what we want, I know what we want this answer to be. But I'm, I'm asking you in terms of knowing Chris the way we do, our dear departed friend. Um, I, I'm guessing he maybe washed his hands once or twice in a day. Oh no, in like a month or two. Oh God! So this is when you knew him, yeah. This is when I knew him. Yeah, I'll say this much: I don't know if I've ever witnessed him wash his hands. Wow. Well, I mean, it's usually a very private affair. Like I just—that's true. I wash my hands in the bathroom. I don't follow him into the bathroom. Um, I will say, at our old studio, <laughs> it was so not soundproofed that if you were sitting inside the studio, not only could you hear what people were saying outside of the studio, you could hear urine hitting the water in the bathroom down the hall from the studio. Oh boy! Every every little echo off of that bull, huh? Yes, and I, I don't remember. I wasn't really listening intently for whether the sink turned on, but uh, yeah, you know, it's just I'm, I just wanted to throw Chris under the bus because, you know, we got these this team of AI specialists working on a Chris bot, Chris F A I Go, and uh, they promised us that he would be ready last week, and so far nada. Not a single uh, Chris bot is in here right now. That was a pretty generous estimate, though. In a, in a week's time, they were going to give us a, an entire AI. A sentient one that, yes. would, that would replace our friend, our dear friend. Um, well, and the, there were a couple perks, though. Uh, like, for one, his, uh, in, you know, if he got intoxicated, it was all ones and zeros. You know, it wasn't, uh, wasn't real. I didn't actually have to buy beer for this thing. Uh, I would just hit the button that said, like, run alcohol code or whatever it said. You would just hit the little button that had, like, three X's on a bottle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, okay. then he would drink. It would be like, gulp, gulp, gulp. It would make a little noise. And then he'd start Oh, that's acting. so intuitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he'd act all goofy. But, uh, you know, before, I don't know if you know or not, but every week Chris would say he was going to bring the beer next week. And uh, 
Chris never brought any beer to the show, so it was always never you know, materialized. Huh? I was always out a little bit of you know alcohol, a little bit of coffee, you know whatever it was that he wanted. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll give him the water for sure, but uh, you know, it, sometimes you know it's it's, it's draining, uh, literally, yeah, and financially, yeah, uh, financially, as well as emotionally, and, and in terms of just liquid in my house was being drained uh, into his body by the leader, I believe, by the leader. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, Chris. You know, I I tell you, I think. I think he was uh, over this, you know? I think he decided he doesn't need this anymore. He's got his tacos in heaven, and uh, that's all he needs now. Well, I guess it just goes to show that, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side, or the chili verde in his case. Indeed. So, okay, I, I'm confused as well. I, just, I feel like we need to confirm for the listeners that you are aware that that smoke alarm is going off every minute. And you have tried to un un you know twist it to get the to the batteries, and it will oh, not yes. it will not come off. So you you have never had to replace the smoke alarm batteries before here. Not once. Um, I, I moved in to here a few months ago, and uh, not a single smoke alarm problem that I was aware of. And then I got back, and then this thing has been going off three four days. I just you know the most aggravating. Oh, there it goes again. That seemed fast. There we go. I don't think that Perfect. was a, that wasn't a minute. Right on cue. No, it's every 10 or 15 seconds, I think. Oh I don't know. Oh, my God. How are, we supposed to do- <laughs> How are we supposed to do a show when that's going off every 15 seconds? It's not not even a bit. I, I swear. It's just it's impossible to get this off the ceiling. I really, I've twisted with all, all of my might. You do know, you have like a... All of my wrist strength. And I can open many jars of pickles in a row. What's the furthest room you could put it in? Uh, the the smoke alarm or the one yeah, the smoke alarm with the micro I mean it's in the hall which is the worst part you know it's where it's echoey and central and I then s- you got I, that bouncing off a bunch of walls you sounded, it was in somebody's closet or something that'd be ideal you sounded better calling from a mountain resort in the in Georgia where Wi-Fi was a precious commodity than you do right now because of this and I'll have you know I use some of my my data for that as well <laughs> the wi-fi wasn't even that great <laughs> oh man this is such a train wreck of a show my god i know just apologies to all the listeners if you've even gotten to this point you know oh, the boy. three or four of you that are left with us <laughs> i do want to make an announcement though about the show in general which is that uh, you know after the chris debacle his death um the fact that we promised billions of dollars to some tech nerds uh to to build an ai version of him we were a little short on cash and you know you guys weren't really picking up the slack and the patreon so we did have to sell the show uh and you know we we did get a generous offer thankfully which paid off the developers and uh and then some it is going to keep us going for a little while Uh, and that is that we were purchased by the daily wire um, and we had, we did have. I'm sorry to interject, Tom. Oh, we did cool. have a very generous offer from Weibo, the Chinese company. They they came in clearly over uh, with the overkill estimate, um, trying to knock the competition out of the water. But you know, we we want to be owned by a non-Chinese company. It's nothing against the Chinese at all. But you know, we just um, we're, we're just, on a different non-partial side. It's nothing it's against the Chinese. We just didn't want them to be involved. At all, yes. We just don't. But, you know, again, no offense meant to any of our Chinese listeners. It's nothing personal. It's just the Chinese, and we didn't really want to open that door. 
Well, you know, it's not just that, Tom. It's, you know, the, the Hong Kong, the Wuhan virus um, epidemic. Now, okay. That, you know, it's just, it's, it's not even, um, it's not even just, you know, a, a racial thing at all. No, no, no. But on that, on that note, before we get back to uh, some new obligations we have under our Daily Wire ownership, uh, is last time we talked to you, you were imprisoned in Georgia facing a firing squad. And my understanding is you somehow in that prison caught Wuhan's disease, also known as coronavirus. Yes. And they let you go as a result of that. Tell me that story. Well, yeah, you know, it was... Uh, it was kind of a difficult night uh, after I hung up the phone. I'm not gonna lie. Um, it was it was pretty cold in that cell. Uh, I had just eaten my last hachapuri. You know, it was uh, pretty bleak times. And you know, I, I even started to kind of feel sick. So you know, I'm I'm watching TV on this old 1950s Soviet television with the guard. You know, I'm just sort of sitting there, and we're just sort of talking to the TV in our respective languages. Um, unaware of what each other is saying. But, you know, it's a moment of bonding. And anyways, Tom, through the noise, I, I read something about Wuhan's disease. And I said, gosh dang it, if I don't have that right now. So, you know, I told the guard as much as I could. I, I sort of gesticulated towards the TV. Uh, a, a look of panic comes over his face immediately. Um, and so he, you know, he immediately calls his superior who then gets in, in contact with his superior and, and then eventually the, the World Health Organization. And I said, listen, you got to get me out of here, guys. I can't I can't do this anymore. You know, this is kind of a nice gesture towards the, the local population. But I'm American, you know, get me out of this jail. Uh, I can't be here. Uh, I just, you know, I sort of felt bad for the guard, really. I was kind of just staying to make him feel better, you know. But anyways, the, the WHO got me out in basically... You know, less than a day, Tom, and uh, I'm back here in in Miami, and I think the Wuhan has subsided. So, well, I mean, that's why we didn't do a show last week. You were sick with the Wuhan. Yeah, terribly so. Um, and uh, luckily, I mean, you, you you did recover, but at the same time, it's how did you get it? You know, I mean, what was Wuhan doing? Just you know, wafting through the air in a Georgian prison in the middle of the mountains. Well, you know, I asked myself the same question, Tom. I said. Uh, you know, I wonder how I could have contracted Wuhan. Uh, and then the WHO uh, nurse said, oh, no, you didn't have Wuhan. You know, you had just a sort of bad upper respiratory infection. Uh. Um, but, you know, I, I had sort of said to them, you know, listen, I'm so sorry. I really thought this was Wuhan. You know, I, I was eating at a Chinese restaurant maybe two days ago. And it's no, it, it's it's nothing you know, please don't jump to conclusions here, folks. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm very, uh, op, you know, cautious about my health and a bit of a, you know, I'm, I'm sort of a, a paranoid uh, a health freak. Sure, you know? sure. So I didn't, didn't want to raise any red flags unnecessarily, but I will say that the WHO, uh, you know, thank you very much to you guys. Uh, you flew me direct out of the, the little mountaintop village um, in a little Boeing private jet. So that was... You know, such a, a generous offer, and, and you know, I'm I'm sorry if again if you guys were under the wrong impression. I just wanted to make sure that uh, the world would be a better place, and uh, you know, the the disease wouldn't spread. Tom, let me ask you, how how do you get Wuhan's disease? Is it is it something you can get from eating food? Is it through air contact, or well, what is it? So Wuhan's, uh, according to some WHO doctor that I was listening to. 
um, sort of while I was fading in and out of consciousness um, during the flight, you know. Um, let me tell you, they great Bloody Marys on this flight. Yeah, I don't know well, it's, it's like <laughs> why the doctors had, but you know, it's, it's, it's like a, a nice meal, you know, they, they want to make sure you die comfortably. Right. Of course. Yeah. And you know, it's not even like they serve uh, great food or anything, but I will, I will say it was pretty, um, as expected. So anyways, uh, what they were telling me though, between the, you know, the bloody Marys was that Wuhan is really, uh, it's like a cold. It's basically the coronavirus is more or less, just like a cold virus and we get a lot of them every year during cold and flu season but this strain in particular is very deadly because it comes from animals and i guess from snakes and bats that mostly have it and then it gets transferred to pigs and then us so i don't know i think it has something to do with pig food but i i, I can't again i can't confirm or deny I what I remember you, hearing. This is on the down low, so don't don't tell anybody. Luckily, no one's right. listening, so I, I think it's safe to say. It's just us basically having a conversation. <laughs> it's just a phone call. <laughs> it's uh, a phone call. Well, so, you know, Chris was telling me that, you know, the chorizo has been making all the people at his, uh, you know, at Klingon sick as a sick as a pig with Wuhan's disease. and Sick as a Wuhan pig. Sick as a Wuhan pig. And... You know he's he's really not he's trying to make sure this doesn't get into the news, right? You know he doesn't he doesn't want to cause a scare. He doesn't want you know yeah. anyone to get mad. And you know he's adamant it's not his fault that the cheapest you know pig meat comes from some kind of third party in China. Uh, you know he, he doesn't he doesn't look into where he's buying the meat from. He doesn't need of to. Of course right? not. He's, I mean, let's just say this: uh, if you look at the place, I'm sure they're not selling fine Spanish chorizo. You know, it doesn't seem like the kind of establishment. Fine, fine Chinese chorizo, perhaps, uh, but not, yes. not not too fine, Ch- you know, Chinese, nevertheless. But uh, you know, it's gotten to the point where he's had several guests just collapse inside the restaurant. He doesn't know what to do with them. My understanding is he's got kind of like sometimes they just die right there on you know in the booth, and he doesn't wow. he doesn't want to cause a scene. You know, if he calls an ambulance, yeah. people are going to think, oh, what's going on over there. So he's been disposing of the bodies secretly for weeks now, and it's become this big operation. He's basically like got his own graveyard set up, and he's starting to run out of space. And he's you know he's really getting stressed out about it. And so where I'm going with this is I think we ought to cut him some slack. Um, you know when Chris tells us he can't do the show, he's busy. Uh, you know he's he's had a lot on his plate. Wow. Let me let me just clarify one point. I think so. He basically just weekend at Bernie's the the deceased patrons out of the restaurant and then just sort of it's, carts them off from there. It's closer to just being a serial killer. Um, wow! But, but instead of actively murdering them, he he sells them some you know like pulled pork nachos uh, and then has quite the mess to clean up. It's like a reverse Sweeney Todd. I understand. It's it's like an accidental Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, gosh, yeah, I can't imagine what kind of stress he's been living under these past few weeks uh, with that whole thing going on. But, you know, I do uh, feel less bad about him being here now. So thanks for um, yeah, I just wanted to vindic- for sharing that. I know? wanted to vindicate Chris. You know, we give him a bad rap sometimes, but he's really doing his best. He is. And, you know, we, we, we um, really send you all the best, Chris, from here and beyond the grave and wherever else. You know, we, we hope that your pastures are greener and your chili quiles are also greener. Indeed. Yes. And so, okay. So what we're, where we started with all that, we got a little off track is 
yes. had some issues. We had to sell the show to the Daily Wire. Um, we didn't want to sell it to the Chinese. Ben Shapiro personally called us. Uh, he said he loves the show. He really wants to make it into the next big thing. Uh, like, then you know, something almost as big as he himself is as a human. Uh, He's ginormous in he, person. Uh, you should see the man. It's yeah, just like a hulking Joe Rogan type figure. Oh, I mean, he puts Joe Rogan to shame. Uh, and, you know, I, I just want to clarify, we are asked to say a few contractual things. Um, and, you know, it has, doesn't necessarily relate to what we're talking about right now. But I do want to say Ben Shapiro is the tallest man I've ever seen in my life. Uh, his 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 hand alone is larger than my entire head. And, uh, you know, I just want to casually throw that out there. It's not something I'm certainly not something I'm required to say. Uh, it's certainly not something I'm uh, I have written in front of me. Uh, it's not something that I'm reading off of a script or anything that he that he's so large that he scares people away uh, at the supermarket in particular we, we went out with him for a sandwich and like uh, you know I'm not I'm just saying this off off the, the top of my head you know but he picked up a uh, a, a, water, a watermelon and he that thing looked like a little apple I'm telling you it looked I, like a tiny little fruit I would go even man's further gigantic hands it looked like uh uh, it looked like a jelly bean is is what i thought spontaneously and genuinely in the moment uh like he he picked up several watermelons and it looked like he had just poured a bunch of skittles into his into his hand into his palm and uh and he uh he ate them let me tell you let me tell you tom i uh i saw the man um pick up uh an entire two liter of soda and it just looked like a regular soda can that, that's true. That's exactly what I genuinely thought. And none of this, I just want to reiterate, uh, we are not being asked to say any of this. It's not something that I have you know, written. It's not something Ben Shapiro asked us to say. It's it's something that our, our, our good friend Ben Shapiro uh, did with us at our most latest um, uh, luncheon. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, let me tell you, though, he is not, not a big spender, though. Uh, we went to Publix and we, we just got some sandwiches from the deli i mean he's not you know he's not exactly like a meet me at the four seasons kind of guy even though we know you have that that much money ben um you know again that much that you you have a large amount of money uh because you needed to feed your you know your big man appetite and everything and we understand but we're just saying you know if we go out for lunch again i'm not going to waste my time just eating a ham and turkey that's yeah that's fair on Um, a ride but I mean, you know, Ben Shapiro is—he's big, he's tall, he's imposing, he's scary, uh, and you know, he's. he's have you seen? Uh, you've seen Game of Thrones, correct? Oh yes, yes. You know the mountain, you know, sort of the giant, bigger than life man that protects Cersei. Yeah, yeah, he's he's like about half as big and imposing as Ben Shapiro. I would say at least a half, a ha- maybe a third. You know, um, just minuscule by comparison. I remember a lot of people when they started adapting those books, uh, they talked about that character Gregor the Mountain, and they were thinking, you know, like every time that they adapt one of these big popular series, everyone decides, okay, what's my dream cast? And so, like, if you go on Reddit, there's whole forums of everybody saying, here's who exactly who I pictured when I read this book. Almost everybody. In fact, I think every single post I ever read about Game of Thrones said that they thought Ben Shapiro was the only person who could convincingly play Gregor the Mountain. And that the guy they got, nowhere near as good. 
Wow, that is a shame, you know. Um, terrible missed opportunity, I would say. Um, I'm definitely, you know, I remember meeting the guy and being like, wow, you're tall. You know, first time I saw him, I just, wow, you are a tall man, sir. I couldn't and even see And he just his... sort of looked down at me and, and chuckled like a hearty, um, you know, troll chuckle almost. It was just so resounding. I couldn't even see the, you know, I couldn't even see his face. It was like, uh, he was like that neighbor in, what's that show? What's that uh, Tim Tim Allen show? Home Improvement. He was kind of like oh, that. Oh, wow. Except it was clouds that were, you know, distorting his face. I couldn't quite make out like a nose or an eye. You know, there was there was the basic image and he had to talk really loud. You know how, you know, he has to talk. He, he yeah. kind of screams. When you watch he him does. on the show, it's hard to tell because all the props around him are huge. It looks like maybe he's a little bit on the shorter side, but it's just this massive set that he's in. Um, and oh, so, it's giant. I mean, we took some pictures in the set and, you know, we look like complete fools. We're so small. You know, it's just sort of like a sort of Gulliver's Travels almost. It um, is, just yeah. who's who of what's the size around here. I mean, he talks so loud. So you, so the sound waves travel down to his feet where you are. You know, Tom, I'm being hyperbolic here, but you, you see uh, Jack and the Beanstalk. You know this. I uh, do, yeah. This one, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was like talking to the giant. It was. It, it truly was. Truly was. And uh, we just want to thank him for making us the new flagship show of the Daily Wire. Um, thanks, you know, Ben. It's yeah, Thanks, Ben. Uh, it's paid the bills and, you know, and then some. And, you know, he's a, he's a generous guy. He doesn't give us health insurance um, or any kind of benefits, but but where know, are you going to get those anyways? You know, there's not really a lot of companies that offer those, um, and it's just sort of one of the things we got to live with. Right? Yeah, you yeah, know, it's 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 certainly not his job to give us any benefits. It's certainly not of the course. government's job. It's just one of those conundrums, uh, you know. And and we'll just we'll figure it out when when it comes to the next car accident. It's just corporate life, Tom. It's just, you know, you reach out to Ben when you're in the hospital. Hey, Ben, you know, I'm not going to be able to do the show for a while. I dislocated my larynx. And he's, oh, no, no problem, you know. Uh, he's got he's got one of those hearts, you know, he's just uh, a really good guy, deep, deep, uh, deep uh, way up there. Way up you know? there, yeah, yeah. I would say deep down, but I, I don't know if that would, does that, that imply that he's not as, he doesn't you know, like, I don't want to go there. He doesn't like any kind of connotation of looking down when you talk to him, so... Uh, yeah, because, he likes, you know, he likes, for example, you say, Hey, I really look up to you, pal. He really loves that one. He loves it when it's literal more so even than, uh, than just to be a role model. Yeah. Yeah. No, he likes, um, he likes really tall things as well. You know, I've noticed that his house, uh, the ceilings have got to be like what? 16, 18 feet, maybe oh, 20 okay. even. At least. At least. In his bedroom. It's really weird. It's like, uh, you know, it's like a scene in a horror movie where the camera just slowly goes down and you can tell, you know, like in the horror movie, it'd be like a bedroom and the set, it's clearly a set because the walls are so long for them to keep the camera going down. But that's just his right. house. His bedroom oh, reminds yeah. me of that scene in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory when Charlie and his grandfather almost float up into the fan. Yeah, it's it sure felt like it too, and you know I I just kind of found that strange because I'm saying you know like Ben you know if you want to look appear taller maybe have shorter ceilings you know that would help with um you know just wanting to feel like a a bigger man you know feel better oh, oh, about yourself he's, he's in the room in, right in a now. more holistic way but saying, you know he he likes the tall ceilings I I'm looking at him right now he's saying we should move on uh and he he looks a little bit threatening so uh okay yes yeah, well okay. you know Tom uh in this week in the movies uh you gonna go see anything or just a, a dead week for you too 
Can I be honest? This 1917 movie, uh, everybody loves it, I guess. It's won several awards. Apparently, it's a front runner for Best Director, Best Picture. I just don't care. I, I very, you know, I, I'm trying to get motivated to go to it, and I, I got nothing. I don't know about you. I mean, I just, I when I saw the trailer, I was like, didn't, wouldn't we see Dunkirk already? And then I was like, you know, it's, yeah, it's a more action kind of movie than Dunkirk, but you know, who, who's like dying for World War One movies? I mean, is that even a thing that we're doing now? Well, it's just like, oh, it's one shot. So, you know, like, I know what I'm getting into. It's just going to yeah. be, you know, oh, this guy's running and there's a bunch of explosions right around him and behind him. And, uh, you know, like, I'm sure Roger Deakins did a good job with it, but I don't know that I want to go spend, you know, $15 and two hours of my life to watch it. I mean, the whole one shot thing has been done before in a lot of interesting ways. So I wouldn't say that just a wartime. Like, it seems like all of it is just explosions going off and him sort of running. Yes. And that's the whole the whole thing. And I don't, you know, I don't want to. That sounds anxiety inducing. And I don't feel like uh, rewatching Dunkirk again from I, a different angle. Am I crazy or was Dunkirk horribly boring? Uh it was so boring. I was even, I think I mentioned on one of the podcasts, I was like, why did they even pick that? It was like such a boring event in the war. Like, I don't, like it was, it just seems like a little like Christopher Nolan was like, oh, I'm, is he British? He's British, yes. Uh, I'm British and I want to just, you know, tip the old cap to Winston Churchill for the, uh, for the big W there. You I know, like, I, uh... I'm imagining yeah, yeah, no, yeah. something like that in his inner thoughts. <laughs> that, sound, that sounded almost like he was doing a Winston Churchill impression. Well, yeah, I, I felt like I channeled him there for a moment, but... Uh, we will I fight in the, in the plane, and we will fight on the beaches. We will show the most damn boring part of the war that ever happened. Oh, man. And I love that uh, he even is like, and Tom Hardy will be impossible to understand once again. <laughs> Yet again, reprising his role as the man who doesn't say a single, a uh, single intelligible thing. He's just, uh, it's in that movie where he just like talks to himself the whole time in the car. Uh, yeah, Locke. I think unwatchable right. unless you have subtitles. Completely unwatchable. Yeah, I, mean, I don't even know what's going on. He's a guy who's hard to understand, even if you don't obscure his face. But then Christopher Nolan likes to have him, so it's just like, you know, Dunkirk. I'm sure there were lines written, but he may as well have just like held down the M key because all I hear is just that's his whole line. And like, you know, dark Knight rises was pretty much the same thing. Uh, the revenant, he doesn't, there's nothing obscuring him. I have no idea what any of the words are that he says there. I wonder if that's like a, an effective acting technique. You know, you just use that when you can't remember your line, you just sort of mumble what you remember thinking it being. Yeah. You should try that uh, sometime. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know about our next film, but maybe the one after we could just make some sort of man who's who just mumbles, <laughs> and then the people around him can interpret it as uh, speech. Yeah, Tom Hardy is just basically uh, Boomhauer, but uh, an award, an Oscar-winning actor for doing it. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of like watching a movie with Tom Hardy. It's like, hello, sir, what uh, what can I get for you uh, to drink today? Oh, you have a coffee, is it? All right, I'll be back in a jiff. You know, it's kind of like, oh, okay, well, I only know he said coffee because the guy, you know, the context clues. It's the only way you can really understand what he's talking about. Like, imagine him going to a juice stop where there's just all kinds, there's so many things on the menu. I'd have, oh. I'd have no idea. <laughs> there was a World's Cup with protein? 
Uh, no, that was a chunky monkey. I thought I heard him say at the end. It's like they're probably you know discussing it back and forth. Yeah, and they're like he's he's he kind of terrifying looking. I don't want to tell him. I couldn't understand him. Yeah, he already looks angry uh, just by walking in here. So I don't want to ask him his order again. <laughs> that's going to make him fly into a blind rage. One of my favorite stories about Tom Hardy was that um, Shia LaBeouf and Tom Hardy were in a Western movie. I think it was called Lawless. And Shia LaBeouf tried to get in a fight with Tom Hardy, and Tom Hardy just <laughs> beat him up. Like, just <laughs> like no of course. Like, down on the ground, passed out, Shia LaBeouf. Like, all right. That's uh, hilarious. Yeah. That sounds like um, exactly what I would expect to happen. I'm sure the only one who thought differently was Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> it's hilarious how many stories there are of Shia LaBeouf, like, every week gets in some kind of bar fight and just gets completely like does not win any of these fights like it's always like Shia LaBeouf passes out in bar after getting in brawl yeah he's like the anti Conor McGregor he's like fierce and feisty and then at the end of the fight you know he's the first one first one to tap out or pass out for that matter he's getting a little Um, old for that you know he might want to clean clean up his act a little bit He's not really Disney Channel guy who who like parties anymore. He's sort of like a, you know a man with a midlife crisis and a receding hairline soon. You know Did he's got a. He makes this new movie, Honey Boy, and oh boy, it's the one he looks. <laughs> oh my god, he looks just like David Foster Wallace in the trailer, and I'm like, what is this movie? And so I look it up, and it's literally he wrote a memoir of his own childhood, and he plays his own father in it, who apparently oh. who apparently was David Foster Wallace. <laughs> Uh, which I did not know. <laughs> this is so great. They should just keep in- indulging him uh, with his like selfish project art projects. I love this. I love the one where he just watched all of his movies back to back. Oh yeah. And then he's like crying at one of his own performances. That's just peak narcissism, <laughs> but it's, it's so funny to watch. I don't know why. Peak narcissism get really of it. might be playing your own father in a serious memoir. Of yes. Your own life. You know, like you watch the trailer and he's got this like Southern drawl. He's like, Honey boy, why do you think I'm here with you on this set? Because you're paying me. And you're like, oh my God, I can't watch that. I, I can't do that to myself. I'm sorry. It's like a, a Billy Ray Cyrus yeah. kind of uh, Southern accent. Well, it's like he's just, you know, maybe, I don't know how much of it's real or not, but it's like clearly in the trailer, it's the tug at your heartstrings. His dad's only there because he's getting money. And it's Ugh. like, but Shia LaBeouf as David Foster Wallace, Southern David Foster Wallace. Saying that, like, honey boy, I don't, you're, you know, you're, you're employing me. You think I, you, how you think that makes me feel, honey boy? Like, Calls him honey boy the whole time? I think so. In the trailer, God, I'm pretty sure he does. The movie's called Honey Boy. I have no idea. That's as bad as, like, old sport <laughs> from the Gatsby. Like, why, why would you, who, nobody thought, like, nah, let's listen, let's keep all of it. Let's just cut the honey boy part. Maybe change the title. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> it's the worst worst creative decision of the year so far, but you know, yeah. I'll be the first to watch it. I I skipped it. Uh if you watch it and it's worth watching, let me know, but uh I remember it was playing right down the street and I considered it and I could not do that to myself. You're like that is a truly a waste of 10 plus dollars yes. and I can't justify it in any way. I will say of stuff I've watched lately that I'm enjoying, uh this new pope season is great. Um, and I'm enjoying. I saw the first episode, and I saw no Johnny Malk, uh, no, no John that, Malkovich. I, think I was that, like, ah, I'm out. That first episode might be the best episode of the show, though. I thought that was hilarious. Um, the new pope demands that they all take a vow of poverty, like yeah. you know, actual followers of Jesus probably should, and they kill him. 
I loved it. Yeah, that was pretty good. I love they were like, hey, he's going to give all of our money away <laughs> to these like poor beggar people. We can't have that. Yeah, he's going like, to like truly just like refugees uh, are going to come live in the Vatican and then, you know, like uh, them crying as they give up all their jewelry. Just like, <laughs> this is amazing. That might be the best takedown of the Catholic Church I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's probably accurate, sadly. <laughs> and, they, and they murder him. That's how yeah. it ends. Oh, that show is, I, I like that show more and more the more I watch it. I think I was mildly on the fence in season one, but I think just even what we, what I've seen of season two, I, I appreciate the whole thing more and more. Just having a comprehensive satire of Vatican politics is so appreciated in this day and age. It's a very niche comedy topic, but I, I like that there's a comedy satire Me too. From, yeah. from the Catholic church. You know, it's not a. Sounds like an Ianucci kind of thing that you get once every 20 oh. years. Speaking of Ianucci things, have you been watching Avenue 5? I have, yes. That show is uh, is pretty funny. I um, I don't know. It was a bit of a slow start, but I found it to be like, like there was a, quite a few chuckles in there. I was kind of surprised. It's weird because, so like clearly if Veep was his answer to the Obama era, Avenue 5 is his answer to the Trump era. Uh, where? Oh, really? Well, I mean, okay, so a couple of easy I mean, parallels like... These people just thought they'd be on this little breezy thing where nobody's really qualified for anything, but they're just kind of along for the ride. Then accidentally they end up in this four year long journey where they have to figure out how to run things and they're all incompetent and all lying about everything all the time. It's like I I saw it as a pretty clear parallel of the Trump administration not expecting to win the election. And then now they've got four years of trying to figure out how to make things real and rally people behind them and make (laughs) that's actually a good take. Make their lies popular. Uh, and like, you know, Josh Gad is a trillionaire with bleach blonde hair. Who's really dumb. And then yeah. like, I, I think Q Laurie is supposed to be like the Mike Pence type character. Who's woefully underqualified and trying to pretend like he's, you know, able to be a captain and come up with a plan. But you know, there's, there's nothing behind it. A rudderless right. ship in space, you know? Um, yeah, which it's, I thought it was, there's some chuckles. Certainly. I think Zach Woods is very funny. Uh, as the PR, the like human relations guy, he's probably my favorite so far. He's definitely the best. Yeah, he's. <laughs> I love. He just calls himself a nihilist. <laughs> it's like the worst person for that job. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I. It seems like Josh Gad is maybe the worst part of it. Uh, he is so broad compared to the wittiness of the yeah. rest of the show that I'm not really sure how I feel about him. Yeah, I hope he kind of reels it in because I did find his character just incredibly annoying, and then there was no real way to get him to to like shut up in the in the first episode. I was like, just make him go away for a little bit, you know? Like he doesn't need to be in every scene. Yes. Well, it's like I'm okay with the incompetent person, but the just like goofy, unrealistically dumb person is not that fun to watch. Uh and like, well, okay. I guess my suspicion is clearly that was written for Jack Black, right? That's what I thought. I was like, isn't this just Jack Black? Like, this is. <laughs> there is, there, is there any possibility that that was not one hundred percent supposed to be Jack Black? Somehow that didn't work out. So they have Josh Gad doing a Jack Black impression. Oh, that would be so funny. <laughs> That's what they. They're like, listen, Josh. So glad you can make it. We're really excited you can do this. So. Pretty much, you're just going to be Jack Black. You know, just act like Jack Black in a bunch of costume stuff and then just 
you know, that's your that's your whole personality, just Jack Black. Like it's it's almost exactly his Tropic Thunder character if that guy was a trillionaire. Yeah, right, and different colored hair. <laughs> Slightly different colored hair. Yeah. Um <laughs> Tank. Well, I guess now that you say it, it would be a bit of a better show with some some casting selections. I thought Hugh Lowry was pretty great. Oh yeah, yeah, he's um, always he's uh, his switch between American and British accents is pretty amusing. Yeah, I mean, you know, the cast is pretty good. And the energy in the show is pretty good. We'll see if it can sustain itself. You know, I, it's hard for me to see this show having like four years of material. Um, unless something drastic happens. Like what would be funny to me is if somehow they end up going on space adventures, like to other, like what if it just turns into a star Trek type show? Like it's basically Iannucci's answer to the Orville. <laughs> that would be great. The Orville, but sort of funnier, yeah, the Orville, but actually kind of witty and funny, but actually funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, with man. real humor. Isn't it hilarious that Seth MacFarlane makes so much money, like stupid money, just by making you know like the dumbest sitcom you know animated sitcoms of all time now that he's so rich he can do what he actually wants to do which is to be william shatner and to sing frank sinatra songs yeah that's all he does he releases a new album of like frank sinatra covers every four years and then there's like his uh his star trek fantasy i don't know he'll probably just become some philanthropist in a few years and uh I don't know. I thought Family Guy was funny, but it seems like a lot of misses with him after he went out and did his own thing. Like, Ted wasn't really that... I mean, it, it was all right. Yeah. It wasn't, like, the best thing that year. Well, he's just... He's clearly, like... He's not the worst... He's not the least funny person working, but he's not... He's clearly kind of a lazy person in terms of, like... <laughs> yeah. His scripts have about a third of... Like the the amount of jokes per runtime they have, like he can fill up about a third of the runtime with okay jokes, and then they just like repeat the same joke forever or stretch it out forever. And it's like, you know, you could have just taken like you could have had someone else look over this, maybe fill in some blanks here. Uh, but no, yeah, he's, he's he's a like a I think a two draft sort of guy. You know, it's like all right, we're done, let's film it. All right, let's shoot it right away. Are you sure, Seth? I mean, we, we you were like the only one who had eyes on the script. No, let's do it. All right, well, I got $200 million for this, right? It's that or it's like he doesn't write the script until the, like the night before they start filming. Like he's yeah. just he's just been talking up like, yeah, it'll be, you know, he's uh, like this crude uh, teddy bear. And Mark Wahlberg's like, yeah, okay, sure. And then he like, you know, he's like, yeah, what about Patrick Warburton's in it? What about uh, Joel McHale, uh, Mila Kunis? Okay, sure. They get them all on cast, and then it's like, all right, hey, Seth, so we start filming next week. Do we have a script? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a couple hours. I'll go find it. It's in my drawer. Then he Yeah, just goes sorry. I was like, just producing everything. I forgot that we needed that. He just really quickly writes every single joke that's in his mind for two hours and then sends it off. And then he's like, you know, I'll be able to fix it on set. It'll be fine. He gets on set, and he's like, eh, yeah, we'll just, eh, nobody's complaining. We'll just film it. Yeah, Mila keeps laughing, so this is this is surely good enough. <laughs> I made Mark Wahlberg laugh. It must be really funny. Yeah, the guy keeps cracking up on set, and if he doesn't know what humor is uh, in in America, then I'll be damned. It's like uh, you know, he means to rewrite the script, but then he's like, "Mark, can you stop uh, hitting old Asian men with sticks, please? We have to film a movie here." Yeah, Mark, he's our lighting guy, so please don't mess him up anymore. Okay. Uh, uh, sorry, Jin Yang. We we really, you know, um, just don't tell this to HR, okay? Mark, that's the third cinematographer you've blinded. 
Mark, you can't, I mean, listen, I know this kind of runs in your past and everything. And, you know, we know you're a Boston guy, but you got to let this, like, it's not, Wuhan is not justification for hospitalization. That guy, you know, in, in a, in a world of cancel culture, somehow Mark Wahlberg is unscathed. I don't under like Kevin Hart got canceled, but Mark Wahlberg didn't. Like, uh, surely assaulting somebody with a crowbar is worse than some sort of words, right? Well, no, like, is, isn't that too. worse? There are words too. He was screaming racial epithets as he blinded an old. Guy. Oh yeah, no, that's right. He, guess, words and deeds. <laughs> Never <laughs> no, mind. He's got the whole package in there, and that guy went blind. Um. So, well, I'm, know, I'm about to go deaf if this thing doesn't get fixed here before this weekend, it. man, because I got to, ugh. All right. Well, got to get a new one. I got about, I got to wrap things up anyway, because I'm about to go out of town in a little bit here. So we're, we're in the final stretch of the show. It's kind of a short one, but hey, it's better than nothing. Maybe. <laughs> Possibly. Hopefully. I don't know. I think we got some, we got some funny stuff in here. So, you know, we, we didn't really have much of a theme this week, but we got some, some ramblings of what's going on in our brains. We did, and um, actually, we got a new sponsor as well. Oh, good. Um, yeah. So, I just got to do a quick read here. But um, all right, everybody, you've been saying uh, that we've always been a food show. We are a food show, and nothing else, uh, as one user put it. We need to sell more food products. But what do we sell? Uh, Nuts.com, ladies and gentlemen. Nuts.com provide the freshest fastest and most convenient way to get nuts to your front door have you ever gone into a whole foods or other insert grocery store oh uh, a local store of your own and uh bought a bag of old nuts they're very commonplace uh nuts are expensive and frequently do not get purchased so they are on the shelf for days and months at a time please um uh consider nuts.com the next time you want a nice big fresh handful of nut all right um so nuts.com ladies and gentlemen you can get uh, 20 percent off if you use medium roast or roast medium um we're still you know maybe don't use that code until monday because we're still trying to get that check not to bounce if uh if you guys understand what i mean but yeah anyways nuts.com check them out and uh of course you know we were bought by the daily show so tom i don't know if you want to say anything about that uh, yeah so uh once again, not certainly not anything scripted here, um, but Ben Shapiro... No, we would never read from scripts. I just want to clarify here, uh, from the bottom of my heart, genuinely, spontaneously, uh, Ben Shapiro is a very tall man. I just wanted to throw that out there. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, See you. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be back next week with, with a real show. Uh, hopefully, Will will either not die of you know a fire or cabin fever cabin fever i I feel like it's kind of becoming the shining you know i got this thing going off constantly like a voice in my head you know i gotta gotta fix this yeah so you know hopefully we're all around hopefully the uh chris fai go bot is uh up and running and we will update you so uh if you have any thoughts on this show or if you have any requests for next week please post them on our facebook page or at our twitter Otherwise, yeah, thanks for listening. Nuts.com, Ben Shapiro, big tall man, uh, very tall, you know, that's that's all. I, I just, I'm not obligated to say that, but I am encouraged to, and I, I'll just leave you there. And I'm glad you did, Tom. We'll, we'll see you next week, everybody.